Sidgar's a Hillman, and this is what I think. What happened to all the people who hoarded toilet paper when the coronavirus hit? What are they doing now? Are they sitting on mountains of boxes of toilet paper? And are they proud of themselves? Or did they go, wow, screw that one up. Uh, now I got a bunch of toilet paper and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I mean, it'll be used. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what do I do with it for the next year and a half? Uh, there's never follow-up. Have you ever noticed? There's never follow-up. Remember Y2K? Remember that whole thing? And they would interview people that were living in backwoods of, I don't know, choose a state. And they had tanks of propane and gasoline and ready-to-eat meals and dried beans. And they knew that the rapture was coming, whatever the hell that means, and that this was all going to... And they were going to be the ones. And then it passed with really no fanfare at all. And then they never go back and go, so now what do you think? And they would just be like, what? Uh, there's never follow-up. So that's, I, just wanted, I just wanted to find out <clears throat> the people loading their trucks of toilet paper, what, what they're doing now. Now will they do what Jesus would do? Or was that just... Anyways, um, mm. <sighs> we had a scammer at the resort this week. I had to share it with you because he's the worst scammer. He's the worst. I almost wanted to give him money and just be like, dude, you've got to do better next time because you really, this was not a good successful thing. He ordered a bunch of stuff and he claimed that he was with a Warner Brothers shoot. And there is actually a shoot going on in up in uh, the neighboring town, Fort Bragg. So he, he had it sort of planned out. Anyway, he ordered a bunch of stuff for the, for the, for the crew, really nice wines and everything. It was like $3,700. And he gave us a credit card. And he said he got. He have to. He said hold off just for like ten minutes. I just got to get it approved by Warner Brothers. It's like full on. His showed Warner Brothers when he called the caller ID. Warner Brothers. I mean, this guy. There was a lot of things he did right. Here was the the fatal flaw. He never picked it up. He never for like three days. I was. I would call him, and he'd be like, "I know. We just got. I got to send an intern down. We're just crazy busy right now. We just can't. I can't get out. But just hang on to it." And the, by the way, the card went through. So we're holding this wine. 3700 never pick never picks it up until finally like four days later we get a call from the supposed real guy who goes yeah that's my credit card now it's all fishy because why would it? anyway he claimed that he'd been this guy had been using it all over the state but there's no credit credit card companies call on that stuff the whole thing's crazy so i went to the sheriff and reported him all that kind of stuff then he again tried that night can i i'm gonna come, can you get uber eats they're gonna come over and pick that that thing up Anyway, he never he never got it. So it was like the worst scam ever because he charged it, we canceled it, and he never picked up the wine. So it's just like, what what was the point? Did, was it fun for you? Because, and I used to be in the biz, as you guys know. Not a not a I'm not a player. I was just was in the biz, and so I knew it wasn't weird to me because they were like, that's a lot of wine. I was like, if you're planning a rap party and they have expense things, they they'll spend that money. And one time. In college, uh, when I was at UCLA, I worked part-time for um, a, a pretty famous actor. I was like an assistant to his assistant that I was, you know, a higher up, if, if you know what I mean. And one time I got sent to the to uh, Nordstrom's to buy $500, $500, which is back, this back in like 1990, $500 worth of underwear. So it's not with the actor's credit card and never, just fine, just charged it. Yeah, good, good. Um, so it's not like I, I didn't balk at the amount 
Uh, so I got, I got definitely got duped. I was like, yeah, it's Warner Brothers. That's what they spend. They spend that money as if I do. I'd rather not think about the fact that I bought $500 worth of underwear for anybody. And I don't want you guys to take anything. Uh, don't take any meaning out of it, number one. And number two, I'd rather you just forget about it. Okay. And think about all the people who are sitting in mountains of, of uh, toilet paper because they knew that the coronavirus was somehow linked to toilet paper and there would be a shortage of toilet paper and they had it, it was nailed, it was logic nailed down. The book cover of my upcoming book now set for a uh, spring release 2021, but the book cover is pretty much there and that's exciting. I'm not going to show it to you. It's a podcast. What, how are you going to see it? Eventually we'll have that technology right now. We don't. But it's done and I'm excited about it. Um, my wife's a graphic designer, so I've got in-house. And my daughter did a watercolor for it. Um, so it was just, I, I was, I'm hands off on that stuff. They go, what do you, th- what do you want to do? I go, do it. Just do it. I don't care. You just do it. One of my strengths, and I have some strengths, I'll be honest, is that um, I'm very good at letting other people do what they do when they do it better than I do. I got no pro- no problem. That's why that's why I had a band. They're like, oh, you play lead. I go, hell no, good lord, no. I find people who are way better at that than I am. That's the whole point, and I think that that's been a strength of mine because I let people do their job. If I don't like what they do, I don't hire them. If I like what they do, I hire them and let them do that thing. I'm not going to micromanage the shit out of somebody when I'm not. I don't. I'm not a graphic designer. You do. That's your job. Do that. I say. I say to my wife. Mm. She loves me for that. I just keep her in coffee. That's my pain. I go, hey, I'll make you another coffee. Is that what you want? That Another coffee. There you go. Uh, thank you for the, uh, thank you for people who have Patreoned me and are Patreoning me currently. I appreciate that. Um, and reviewing, if you're reviewing, I don't look, I don't really look at them. I got to be honest with you. I mean, it's good. And if you feel like you want to voice that, you should. Is this bad? I should be encouraging people. I'm so jaded by that whole thing. Please like and subscribe to my video. And I know it's it's a thing you should do. Like I should be urging people to like and subscribe to it. It's just exhausting. Don't like the idea of it. This guy emailed. He's like, listen, man, you really should turn on the comments when you're doing like, when you were doing like that six part thing. I go, I know, but I, and you're 100% right. I should turn on those comments. I don't want to comments on. <sighs> I made my bed. I made my bed and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. It's a nice bed. It's a nice bed and I made it. So it's have a, like a tightly, I've got corners, you know, like I do the sheet corners. That's my bed I made. Let's talk about addiction. And I've talked about addiction many a time. It's almost like, oh, I don't know. I'm addicted to talking about addiction. You know what I'm saying? I see things because of what I do in, in through certain filters, addiction is definitely one of those filters. We, uh, here's what I think we're all addicted to because of the way we're wired and the way that we get a hit and a, and a hormonal sort of release from thing. We are addicted to joy. That that's, that's just true. We're addicted to feeling good. We want to feel good. The reason why addiction is so, uh, ubiquitous in my, I see it everywhere because there's in myself, because I, I believe that human beings more and more 
are wading through a sea of addiction. I think that's where we're at. We're we're sort of trying to our success as as people individually is predicated on our ability to keep ourselves in check and not go too much into dangerous levels of addiction, but addiction is there. And so I think it's a healthy thing to realize that virtually everything we do for pleasure is there's a certain addiction to it. There's a certain addictive quality to it. Here's what, here's what I mean. I'll be frank. I'm not, I don't drink scotch on Saturday night because of any other reason than I enjoy it. So that, and I, I go back to it. So the question is, okay, well, at what level does that become a, a dangerous thing? And for some people, one scotch is dangerous. For me, currently, it's not. When it has been a thing where I sort of have one a day, I'll be, you know, again, like when the coronavirus hit and we're like, we're like sheltered in, I was like, I'm just having a scotch. Like it just became, became a thing. I wasn't going to work. I wouldn't drink a lot. I wouldn't even get drunk, but it's just sort of like a thing. And I just immediately was like, my wife and I both were like, this is not, we shouldn't be having to drink like every day. It's just us. Maybe people could do it. If you lived in the 60s, you couldn't not do it apparently. But for me, it's it's a level that is just, I go, this doesn't feel good. Ha ha. How weird is that? So we're in this weird place where we go, I do this thing because it feels good. But if I do it too much, it doesn't feel good. But there's always that that feeling good goal isn't there in today's world as a rhetorical question by the way uh any in today's world anything artificial essentially is highly addictive so so things like alcohol drugs social media artificial things that are artificially give you a hit of something that feels real but it's coming from something that's artificial is highly addictive so Oreo cookies are more addictive than an apple. Both are sweet, but obviously something is engineered to be so freaking sweet that your head sort of melts. That that can that takes a higher level of awareness and control to make sure that that doesn't tip the scales into dangerous zone. We're, we're essentially we're you know I had some guy who told me I'm not a food addict I'm like dude every I didn't say this I'm just thinking in my head like every time you adjust food for any reason to make it taste better is because you're addicted it, it, it your body doesn't need it your tongue doesn't need it no wild animals do that it's an addictive quality of us we got we like the red pill last week we 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 see the possibilities in making food taste even better and better and we're pushing that envelope for no other reason than addictive pleasure kind of hit that that's it's the high i mean that's what it is but what's artificial in the world gets us even higher and tips us will more easily tip us into the dangerous addictive zone and what's weird is that there's more subtle kinds of things like that, like people who are, you know, yo-yo dieters. That's an ad- addiction because it's an artificial skip to I feel, you know, better about myself because I'm thin weirdness uh, that doesn't last. And so because it doesn't last, they got to go back for the hit. And that, and that becomes its own thing. It seems like it's a healthy thing. Well, they're trying to lose weight. That's a good thing. They're trying to get to a healthy weight. That's a good thing. 
But the way that people are doing that, it, and it's, it's, it's called a quick fix. And, and I know that that means like fixing something that's broken, but it's also like getting my fix. That's how I see a quick fix is like, you're getting a fix. You're getting your little heroin hit. Um, and it's, it's very, it can be very dangerous. Yo-yo dieting on a physical level is very, very, very difficult. Um, anything that's a shortcut will, will tip us potentially into the danger zone in terms of it being addictive, in terms of it becoming something that we lose control over. Drugs make you feel happy when you're not, um, you know, going from one quick relationship, you know, one night stands to the next, make you feel connected when you're not. Social media makes us feel connected when we're not. And diets make somebody feel healthy when they're not. These are shortcuts to an end that we have not worked for. And the shortcut, because it seems like it's delivering us that thing, like cocaine seems to make me feel really happy and powerful and strong. I want that more and more. We can either naturally get that by becoming strong and joyful and happy, or we can shortcut it. One obviously is going to be super, super dangerous and the other one isn't. Real, and, the, and, and I think we need to eat this truth. Real world strength, health, and happiness never feel good as a drug hit. It, it, and again, it's like an apple will never be as sweet as an Oreo cookie or a French fry, you know, like something, an avocado will never be as much of a high as a French fry that's deep fried. Like we've achieved through technology, this ability to make what occurs in the natural world heighten to a level that trips us something fierce and makes us just lose control. And we have to understand like, yeah, that feels better. Cocaine feels better than a salad, but one is real and wasn't one isn't one lasts and one does not. It'll healthy, nat, more natural actions feel good but they feel good longer. They just don't feel as good in the short term. That's the, that's the thing. That's the reason why you have to keep going back to drugs and alcohol and junk food because the hit doesn't last and you want that hit. It is an addiction. The question only remains is, is the addiction damaging you in your life? Is it creating a disease on a physical level or depression? on a physical and mental level? Is it is it tipping the scales in a way that is making your life less joyful? That's the question. But it isn't a question of whether we're all addicts or not. We are. It's just the question, like I said, how much in check are you keeping this? And by the way, I'm going to make an aside here, and I hope I don't ruffle feathers, but I don't really care because I think it's a conversation that is missing. And in the context of the coronavirus, one that is in is super important and that is that we need to start talking about obesity and you know either morbidly or just obese as as the truth of what it is which is a severe addiction a damaging addiction and i don't mean on health i mean in terms of marriages and relationships and jobs it is it is hardcore and it is stupid and very irresponsible for us to sort of write that off as sort of like, oh, well, they should just eat less. It's an addiction. And I mean, serious like heroin addiction. It is that serious. And we, as a culture, we tend to nowadays move into this sort of like all bodies are beautiful uh, 
ridiculousness and it's ridiculous not because bodies are beautiful or not because it's it's ridiculous because it's the wrong conversation to have about obesity this isn't a beauty question this is a health question as i've said before all bodies may be beautiful but all bodies are certainly not healthy and if we steer that conversation to beauty we give license to an addiction that is absolutely serious if you were living with somebody who was addicted to heroin and you loved that person you would probably say listen i you think i think you need to get help but we don't do that in this society we we don't do that in fact in, in with men it's like yeah it's a good old boy beer drinking manly macho when it's a dysfunction that is on a level that is as much as serious as as a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction and with women as well we we tend to justify in ourselves but also in others that we know and love support and sometimes even enable these addictions that are highly psychologically and physically damaging i mean it's real and we and we just kind of let it go and doctors are complicit in this as well not all of them but many of them just sort of go like, yeah, you got to watch what you eat. No, you need help. You need, that's why when I'm working with people who are in that level, I, I sometimes have said, listen, I can't continue unless you have psycho, a psychological outlet like therapy or some sort of practitioner on that side of things, because that's not, I'm the habit change. I'm the healthy eating guy. But if it's to the level of seriousness that sometimes it is, then I go, okay, listen, you get, you need other outlets also because there's heavy, I recognize that there's heavy shit. And I also recognize my limitations as a practitioner in that. And if my goal is actually to help people live better, then obviously my decision would be to have them get as much help as they can get from multiple places. But that's not always the case with MDs. They'll put them on a pill, they'll put them on a stupid, you know, caloric restriction, short-term diet, and they get that hit and they're feeding that addiction because those people get, they lose a lot of weight fast and everyone tells them how great they look, but they're not doing great. They're not, they're pushing off an addiction. It's they're pushing it off and it's going to come back something fierce. It will almost a hundred percent of times because they haven't dealt with the actual addiction of it. And certainly not the underlying uh, triggers of that addiction, which need to be dealt with before you can just be like, okay, watch your cal count your calories. This is serious shit, serious. And obesity is a driver of of coronavirus people it puts them in a very very risky class it is not to be screwed with and it's a it's a it's a it's a tricky sort of a minefield just like when you're dealing with somebody who has a drug addiction you have to treat it that same way you can't just go hey man stop doing here because there's protection and there's hiding and there's secret secrecy but i've seen this damaged relationships. I've seen it end in divorce. I've seen it damage just even if they people stay married. I've seen it damage relationships. It is serious and it needs to be taken that way. So, uh, that's my two cents on that. And I just, I'm tired of sort of as a society, us giving license. It, you know, if, again, if people that we knew were walking around, you know, snorting cocaine all the time, we'd go, good Lord, man, what we'd have an intervention. We'd be like, listen, you got to, this is serious. You're going to kill yourself, but we don't do that with obesity. We just let it keep going and going and going. And it's just as serious in, in, in the way that I look at it. Okay. Sorry, but it is. Okay. Mm. Drinking coffee. Yeah, only because of the antioxidants. Um, so I'm going to finish up this. And I almost 
went here with this episode, uh, the, the battle and the war. And I, f I found this in myself and I've talked to other people and definitely in the member it's, I'm in this, I'm doing the small steppers program right now. We're in week three. And even though if you saw my last video, uh, on YouTube, it, you know, it didn't have, I didn't get the numbers, but man, it's kind of, there's a silver, I, now that a few weeks has passed, there's a silver lining of this, which is it's a, it's a good group, like, and I'm able to be very connected, which is why I would, was going to keep the group small anyways, but there's been a couple little minor glitches to the site and I can like uh, get everything. Like it's been kind of nice that way in terms of it's, it's renewed why I love this damn program because I'm interacting with people and it's very individual. So that's my, that's my, it's making me kind of feel okay in that regard. Um, but, it, but it, what it does every time I've run one of these 12 week deals is I've re, I, I always re, get reconfirmed how much in the same boat we all are. And there is a beauty. Um, I think there's a, there's something beautiful about, and I, this is going to sound horrible considering what I just talked about addiction, <laughs> but there's a certain beauty in our addiction to feeling, to wanting to feel better and joy, to feel more joy. There's a beauty of wanting more. Hence the title of this episode. episode. There's a beauty of wanting more. We, if we let that go, obviously off the rails, it can result in addiction, but there's a certain level that I think is really beautiful. And to say, I want to do more, not that I'm necessarily unhappy, but I want, I always want to be, I want to live my life to the fullest. I want to get everything I can out of this life. I think there's a certain, it's almost like a, I don't want to say sadness or melancholy, but or maybe it's just camaraderie that makes me f at once feel connected to people because we're all sort of all in this together, but it's, it's kind of nice, but the battle in the war, it was going to be the title of this episode because I found myself, um, I find myself repeatedly in situations where let's say, you know, like I want to eat, I don't want to eat more, but I do want to eat more, you know, like in that situation, right? Like I'm like, I'm full, but I'm going to go back and you kind of go by that thing. And, and sometimes I win and I go like, you know what? I am full. I don't want, I actually don't want to eat more. And, but I'm, I'm battling, I'm in that pocket of addiction, right? Where I, the food tastes so good that I'm going to go back and overeat on purpose, not fully aware, mind you, but on purpose because it tastes good, not because of any other reason. And I know that there's going to be a negative outcome, which is that I'm going to feel regretful that I did that. And if I win that in that moment, in that particular time, and I don't win all the time, but if I do and clients too. I feel like, okay, good. And it feels good. It feels like, yes, that was the right thing to do. I didn't overeat. I was done. I stopped when I was done, but I'll go one step further and get pissed that I have to have the conversation itself. I get pissed that I have to have that battle, even though I won the war. And we, I find that we, in our desire to live the best lives we can, we're not okay with just winning the war. We want to win the battles too. We want there to be no discussion or no, or no struggle in our day-to-day -day lives, even if the outcome is in our favor, even if the outcome of that, that struggle and that battle is that we make a choice that we live with and are good with, that is in line with who we are. We make that choice. We feel good about that choice. Then we go back and get pissed at ourselves that we even had to think about it. And I think that that's robbing us of even more joy. I think that, that we should not only be okay with that struggle, but sort of invite it because it makes the win that much sweeter. And we have to ask ourselves, can it be enough to win the war even if we don't 
win the battles or even if the battles exist can it can it be enough to uh, for us to say at the end of the day i made a choice that was right yes i had to battle through it and it was a struggle and i wish that struggle didn't exist but it does and i'm not going to try to even make it go away and it does for a whole host of reasons it exists there every time i want to have a second scotch hypothetically and i go no i don't want to i want it but i don't want it 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 I'm not going to do it. Okay, won that round. Gosh, I wish I didn't have to go back and forth. But you do. And sometimes it just is going to be that way. And it might be that way forever. And we do better when we go, I don't, who cares? Fine. It's the question is at the end of your life, did you win more often than you lost? Can we be happy if we, if just winning the war is enough? And I think the answer is absolutely you can. And to understand that addiction and that part it plays in our lives is there and it's probably there to stay because of the number one, how we're wired and number two, how we as humans have taken advantage of that wiring to create things that are highly addictive. And if we win most days, we win. Yeah. 
vision of where to go. 